Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 81. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I just wanted to give you the heads up that we've started a private Facebook group, and I'd love you to get involved. I post things in the group you won't see anywhere else, and we have a bit of fun. All you need to do is search Facebook for Top Agents Playbook and let me know you want in. Well, this week, I bought my Qantas ticket to Surface Paradise Queensland for ARIC at the end of May, and I'm looking forward to connecting with agents from all over Australia and NZ at our locked-on suite in the Exhibition Hall. Last year, we had the money phone box, and this year we've got something different, but a lot of fun and a great way to win cool stuff, so make sure you take a minute to say hello. I'll be there with my Locked On partners giving demos of the brand new version. And we still have some heavily discounted ARIC passes available. And if you'd like the link and promo code, please go to topagentsplaybook.com, send me a message and let me know how many passes you need. And while you're there, subscribe to the show and give us a review. If you're a believer in the abundance philosophy like me, you'll know that what goes around comes around. So I want to say a big thank you in advance. Well, apparently, if you're looking down from space over North America at the right time of year, you'll see the mighty snow-covered Rocky Mountains that stretch from Alaska and the Yukon in the north all the way down to New Mexico in the south. And about halfway down, nestled on the plain just east of the Rockies, is the city of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Perhaps you know it. Perhaps you've even been there. It's only a 90-minute car ride to the Canadian icon and tourist skiing mecca of Banff. And it's also home to the world-famous Calgary Stampede, where rodeo riding champions from around the world compete at the annual festival, which is the city's biggest tourist attraction. And if you've been to the Calgary Stampede recently, you might have noticed a blonde barrel racer by the name of Sarah Johnson, who also happens to sell and list real estate in her Calgary community. I wanted to catch up with Sarah because... In no time at all, she's amassed almost 12,000 Instagram followers and is leading the change in the way a new breed of agent is leveraging social media to create and build relationships. It's inspiring and empowering. Just do an Instagram search for adventures in real estate and you'll find Sarah. And can I suggest you listen out for Sarah's very straightforward but effective hack to influence your mindset. You can tell it's important to her because recently the oil economy in Alberta has taken a hit and that's affecting the property market and the local real estate industry in so many ways. I started out asking Sarah how bad things really are and what agents are doing to get results. You know what? They have. They've been they've been really bad. People don't fully realize this, especially nationally, because within within Canada and the US, a lot of markets are really strong. And unfortunately, we are a very oil based economy here. And over the last two years, we've seen our markets pretty much tank. It's been the worst recession that Calgary has seen since the early 1980s. And they're saying that it's actually even worse than that. Okay. So, of course, we know when the economy starts going down, the number one thing that's affected is housing. Yeah. When, when you say tank, talk to me in terms of percentage fall away in number of listings, if you know it. Like, is it half the quantity of property for sale that, that there was like a couple of years ago? Well, it's not the the quantity of 
properties that are listed because we can have a ton of properties listed, but it's the number of sales. Okay. Right. So in a down market, we, we usually have a lot more listings than we have for buyers. And so we've actually seen this fall away at the worst point. It was down 30% Wow. year over year for number of sales. Now we're getting to the point where it's down 25% and this is yearly average. So maybe taking the last 10 years, averaging that out, we're down 25% from those averages. But as of right now, where we are, we're up 25% from last year. So okay. we're comparing it year to year, but over long-term averages, I mean, we really, we were hit hard and there's a lot of agents in this market area and it's not just that we were hit hard, but our clients have been hit hard. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you really need to look at too, right? There's been a lot of downsizing with companies. So a lot of people have been losing their jobs. A lot of people are forced to sell. A lot of people are leaving our province because there's no work for them here. And so there's been a lot of hurt all over the board. Okay. Okay. So so that's that's what's been happening generally in, in Calgary and, and in many other places of Canada, Canada and the world, I guess I could say. But how's your business gone in that time? What's been going on for you personally? Well, and, and personally, a funny thing happens. You can see these giant recessions coming, the writings on the wall. I've lived through them before. So I was starting to prepare myself. And as I was starting to prepare myself, I was actually thinking very, very negatively about all of this. But now that I look back on it, I mean, last year, which was the worst year in recent history for real estate, was the best year that I've ever had in the business. Now, I have been in the business for 11 years, and so I think that's saying something. And it was a shock to me and really kind of rejuvenating and exciting to think, okay, I can beat this. The market isn't out there. It really just is in my head. And I've kind of put some tools together for myself and for others so that when they're facing these things... Um, that they can kind of get beyond that too. Okay. Okay. One of the reasons I wanted to get you on the show, Sarah, because uh, I noticed that you're moving towards 12,000 followers on Instagram. How are you leveraging that? And by the way, your Instagram tag is Adventures in Real Estate YYC. I'll post that in the show notes if that's cool with you so people can check it out. Um, how are you leveraging that? How is that working for you? Tell us what you're doing. Of course. I mean, Instagram, it's funny because social media isn't real. Being famous or popular on Instagram is like having a lot of monopoly money. Right. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily come to fruition in any ways, but it can. And the original things as I was getting into it, I started to notice that my mindset was changing. So at the exact same time that I noticed the market is tanking around me and I started to freak out a little bit because I'm going to be honest, I did horribly during the last recession that I worked through yep. to the point where I thought I needed to get out of the business. Nothing was going right in my professional or personal life. Everything was falling to pieces and I thought I could not withstand another recession like that. So along comes social media you know, I posted things like, okay, well, I'm a business. I need to post realtor things. And all of a sudden, it started to change my mindset. Now, I had changed a few things with the way that I, I did it because you can't just go out there and post pretty pictures and, oh, I'm a realtor. And if you know anybody, call me. It doesn't come across as very authentic. Yep. But it really did slowly start to change my mindset to the point where it started to push me along. Um, it 
it, it changes so much about you. You know, it can increase your business. And I've started to notice that I'm getting referrals nationally, which is amazing. My clients can find me online because once you're in contact with somebody, Instagram pops up and says, hey, you might want to follow this person. So now all of a sudden clients that I don't even tell about this, they've already found me and they're like, wow, I didn't realize there was this whole other side to you and your business and it gives them confidence and it's easier for them than to recommend you, right? Hey, check out this girl. Yep. They just throw a hashtag yep. out and, and away they go. So, and so it's really worked to change my mindset. Yeah. So it, it, well, it, something's happened, obviously. I think you've been in real estate, am I right in saying more than 10 years? And it sounds like you've seen the lows and and now you're experiencing the highs. If somebody's interested in in copying your formula, um, which is a lot of what we do, I mean, some of the stuff, some of the things we discover ourselves, I guess, but other things we copy. If we of can, course. if we can find something that's working, what would your advice be to somebody who's looking to get into this space? How how do they go about setting up? I I noticed, for example, in on your page. Um, uh, I'll, I'll let you answer the question in a sec. But on, on your page, you don't have any mention of, of uh, Alberta or Calgary. Uh, you just have adventures in real estate. Um, so uh, t- t- tell me how all of that works. What what would you advise somebody? How, how could they go about starting this? Well, I mean, my Instagram is adventures in real estate YYC, which is the Calgary airport code. Right. So and I do mention Calgary quite often and I can get into kind of some of the geotagging that I do. But it's a little bit more advanced. It is just about adventures in real estate. For me, the only way I could do what I'm doing is to share the highs and lows of it. And as realtors, we see some pretty crazy things sometimes. Sometimes we have very interesting clients. Sometimes our heart is warm to the point of tears. Sometimes it's absolutely crushed. It's just such a roller coaster ride that I needed an outlet to just get it out there. Yeah. Because we have a tendency to harbor all of these things in. And for right or wrong, I mean, I, I will never go out there and adamantly just bash people or clients or that type of thing. And to be fair, I have some pretty amazing clients behind me. But sometimes you need to get it out there. I also have a tendency to look at what I'm doing a lot of times with humor. Because sometimes you just have to laugh at yourself. Yeah. And so this was my way of being authentic. Now, the things that kind of float my boat aren't going to float everybody else's. So there's not to say that there is a formula to follow. But figuring out what you like and don't like about your business or your industry, the way that you do things, find out what gives you that passion or drive that's the way that you find that authenticity. And it was really through that authenticity. And sometimes it's in the pictures or videos that you post. That has been what has been the driving factor between my account and has led to other people then thinking, hey, this is kind of interesting. Okay. Okay. Because it's upbeat and, and it's it's also a little bit off topic and it's probably more about you and what you're up to. And I guess having adventures in real estate, I can see very few listings or real estatey stuff in your in your posts, there's the odd there's the odd signboard or or listing, but it's mostly about you and and what you're up to. Um, I can see some Grant Cardone references in there as well. Is <laughs> is that was that something that Grant's book was that something that uh, that helped influence you and change your mindset? Not necessarily. I mean, I'm always I'm a big reader, uh-huh. and so I want to continue on with that education and expanding and exploring my mind. That was more of a byproduct and after effect. 
The reason why this account is more personal is because that is what people want to see. So when I talk about people, it's not other realtors out there, but that's what clients and potential and future clients want to see. They want to know who they're getting into bed with. They're making a big purchase or sale. They want to know what you're about. And the great thing is, is yes, I can go out there and say, look, I've done all of this and look at all my listings and sales, but I've got other methods of promoting my properties. And I like to think that I do it quite effectively. This particular account It's to show who I am and what I'm doing. And the great thing that I've noticed has come out of all of this is that when people call me up and they say, hey, Sarah, you know, I'm thinking of buying or selling a property. I saw you here or you were referred from somebody else. They've already seen all of this information about me. They already think that they know me. Yep. There is no better. A bus bench isn't going to do that for me. A billboard is not going to do that for me. They feel so comfortable and confident with me already that they've hired me before I've even picked up the phone because they feel that they know me and they know my personality and they relate with that. Now, that's the exact same reason why I get referrals nationally now, and I'm incredibly grateful for it, but I'll have realtors call up and say, hey, you know, I feel like I know who you are and I feel like you're going to be a great fit for my client. Well, that's so much better than, and we've all been guilty of this, looking online and saying, okay, I have a client moving from here to Houston, Texas. Let me find a realtor in Texas. Well, I don't have to do that anymore. And I've passed along my own clients to other realtors that I only know from their Instagram accounts because we've been chatting back and forth or I can see what they're doing in their business. And that's so much better than bringing up Google and typing in Realtor Texas and just picking somebody. Yeah. So having that background information, having that information about them already has completely changed this idea of getting new clients, keeping clients, passing on referrals from one person to the other. I noticed that you're using Facebook as well. Do you use, do you use that as, uh, as something to support what you're doing with Instagram or does it stand alone? I do it as a support because I do want them to kind of co-mingle. I don't like to post a lot of the same things on Instagram as I do Facebook. A lot Uh of times you've got cross people that are following both accounts. Facebook, I use a lot more for my properties that I'm trying to promote just because they've got some great ways of of promoting and getting your insights through that way and geo-targeting exact areas for your listings. So I use that as more of a business tool for my listings. And I use Instagram as more of a tool for myself. Who is Sarah Johnston? What does she do? How is she going to help me? Are we going to get along? Am I going to feel comfortable with her? Do I trust her to help me make this decision? Yeah. I noticed you don't even have a link. I can't see a link to your website on your Instagram account as well, even even in your bios. So you're really uh, playing it pretty low key. <laughs> it's like the, which further is, you, the further you get away from it, the better it is by the looks. Which is shocking, right? You'd think, wow, you're doing everything wrong here. Yeah. Now, I do have a business account on my Instagram and I highly suggest everybody does that. Yep. And so what you can actually do is you can press contact at the top of my page and you will get all of that information. You will have my website. You will get my office number to be able to reach me. So there are ways to do that. But you also notice that if people like you, they can track you down very, very easily. And let's be honest, I'm a realtor. You can type in Sarah Johnston Calgary and a million things are going to pop up. Yep. So this is more of a, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is how 
and don't get me wrong, I'm incredibly supportive of other agents in our industry. This is what I'm doing right now to stay on top of the trends or to promote certain things. And, and people are, people relate to that, right? So it's still easy enough or they can send me a message. It's easy enough for people to get a hold of me, but by not keeping it purely about business, one, that's, that's who I am, right? Our work is our life. When you're in real estate, it's sort of 24-7. Sure is. But you can actually see who I am and what I'm about. Okay. And I'm not pushing people to, and that's not my motivation behind these accounts. I'm not pushing people to be like, oh, look, hey, it's me. Come work for me. And I need new clients and rah, rah, rah. This is real life. Yeah. Yeah, well, I like the fact that there's 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 few listings there. I I just see a listing on a Facebook page and and switch out. I um you turn off exactly, I, and everybody I else. I can't does see that how too. that engages anybody. I honestly can't. Um, and I wish people had stopped doing it and start doing more community stuff. There it is. I'm out and proud. I said it. <laughs> Tell yep. me. And- and, and it is right. And so if I'm if I'm going out and volunteering places, I'm going to post those pictures. Yep. Now. I will put pictures of listings, obviously, and you want to promote your listings and each listing, you know, I have different ways of of doing that type of thing, but I put a lot of marketing material up there, certain ways that I do market that can help other realtors. It also helps my clients know that I'm actively looking to expand and move forward and technologically advanced and doing the most I can for their properties. Okay. But nobody wants to see picture after picture of just listed, just sold. This is, you're disengaged. And the entire thing about both Instagram and Facebook, any social media, it is all about engagement. I don't care if you have a thousand likes, but if you only have two comments, how many people are really engaged in that? Yeah, well, like Gary Vee says, you're competing for people's attention and there's so many people out there who are trying to gain attention. So um, what you're doing is obviously working. Tell me, how often do you post? So I post once every day or so. I'd okay. say my average is about once every one and a half days. Okay. I've taken, you know, different schooling and, and different courses on, hey, how you should become a social media guru and genius and they're saying that you post two or three times a day. Well, I don't know about you, but I unfollow those people because it's too much. And some of the content, it can no longer be authentic. Yep. And so if I look at my averages, it's probably every day and a half. I also don't employ a service to automatically post for me. So what you're getting is where I am at that time. The real it deal. is real. And I yeah. need to be authentic that way to myself. Okay. There are days that I don't feel like posting that my mind is so many other places. I am so overwhelmed. I'm doing so many other things that I won't post, but that's also the real deal. And so when I am posting, even if it's just a motivational quote, that's what I'm thinking right now. And that's what I need. Okay. Okay. Speaking of your motivational quotes, what is the app you use for that? I know there's a few on the market. Is there something that you prefer? There's, there's so many on, on the market. I come up with the quotes either myself or I'm looking online or I'm feeling a certain way to put all of them together. Unfortunately, I can be a little bit difficult. I'm quite type A when it comes to this. I use Adobe Illustrator. Okay. I use those suites quite a lot. Yep. Another great one is actually text on picture. Okay. And that one you can pay a little bit to upgrade and I highly suggest you do. That one's great because it's easy and you can do it from your phone, your iPad, no problems as you're on the move and on the run. And so once again, that was text on picture. Okay. That is a great app. Yep. 
to kind of throw those up there. Okay, cool. I've been using one for a couple of years called Typerama, or about 18 months, uh, which is um, it's just a red square with a white T in the middle, uh, if you're checking it out. But I'll put, I'll put a link to both of those in the show notes so, so we can check it out. Um, let's change gears. Let's talk about real estate. Let's talk about business. Let's talk about prospecting. Can I, can I ask you a few questions about that? Of course you can. Okay, awesome. Do you keep a uh, a contact base of or a CRM software to manage your contacts? I most definitely do. Okay. Now I have ping ponged around tons of them. Yep. <laughs> and when I say tons, probably five in the last year. Yep. But I keep going to and from and coming back to prospects. Okay. So I am a little bit biased. I'm not going to lie. The real estate board here in Calgary provides all of its agents with prospects. So there is no reason for any of us not to have a proper CRM. I like this one. It's easy to use. It's easy to integrate. It's easy to put data on and take it off again. Yep. And it, if as soon as it becomes a little bit too complex, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Okay. So... It's also got a whole bunch of features. And I know a lot of these CRMs do, especially the ones that are pushed towards realtors. But I can send out my monthly updates. Okay. It goes right into our MLS system. So it can send my clients updates of what the market in their community is doing every month. And so I really find that that's important too. You want to give your clients valuable information. They can look online and see things all they want. But you want it to be targeted. You want it to be them. You want to make them feel special. I'm not just going to send everybody, hey, this is what the entire market of Calgary is doing. Well, you know what? We've got 90 communities. That means nothing to me. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of prospects. I'm a big fan. And it took me five years in, you know, in the business until I really got a hold of this, that you have to have a CRM. You have to keep your clients on top of mind you need to have that database and that's what you're working off of. That's where the majority of my clients come from. Did you know? Yeah. Well, I totally agree. 200%. Um, did you notice business change for you, Sarah, after you started using your CRM? Because I mean, 10 years ago when you started, yes, there was, they was, there were CRMs, but they were pretty clunky. Now the world has changed and there's plenty of options. Did you know, did you notice um, things change for you for the better once you started um, leveraging the power of a good CRM? Most definitely. Now, keep in mind, by the time we realize that we need a good CRM, our, the way that we do business has changed as well in general. So there could be a few things that are attributed to that change in business. But People will only remember you for the last from the last contact that they had with you. They could have an absolutely exceptional buy or sell process and think the world of you, but then you drop the ball maybe a week later and don't follow up with them. And they don't realize that this is the thing that kind of bothered them about the process, but the follow-up and everything that you do after the client is maybe no longer a client after they've bought and sold is everything. And the only way to keep that organized is through a CRM. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so I contact my previous clients all of the time. Now, not annoyingly, I hope, (laughs) but, you know, you go through your contacts, you keep them top of mind. You say, hey, would this information about the community that they live in be of interest to them? There's no way you can do that unless you have your clients organized. Are you using a blog? Are you writing a regular blog on your website? I am not writing a regular blog. 
I am not fantastic at blogging. However, I do put certain things, you know, when I'm on podcasts, if I'm out and about in the community, I'll do write-ups about that. Okay, cool, cool. Tell me how you're attracting new clients, specifically sellers, listings. What are you doing? I always believe that your next listing is from your previous one. Okay. So I really work my listings, right? That's where we're getting a lot of clients. And yes, we're getting a lot of buyers that way too. But think about the immediate area that your listing is in, the community that it's in. Well, once you have one listing in there, it's so much easier to get two or three listings Absolutely. In there. The credibility factor is huge, isn't it? If somebody's thinking of selling and they see a listing with, with Sarah Johnston, then uh, a big part of the psychology is, well, if, if one person's trusted Sarah to, to sell their property for them, why shouldn't I? Completely. And yeah. so it's letting them know and it's letting the neighbors know that, hey, this property is just listed. And I do send out a note to the immediate 100 to 150 neighbors of every listing that I have and say, hey, this property has just been listed. You live in this community. I'm sure you have questions about your home value. Well, look, this has just been listed. I'm having an open house. I know you're a neighbor and you might just be nosy and thinking about it, but you're welcome to come on by. Do you stage a now, VIP? Do you stage it? Sorry to interrupt, but I'm just no, okay. I'm just keen to know. Do you stage a, a VIP open, or do you just have it have let all your neighbours know about the first open? I let all of the neighbours know about the first open. Gotcha. I don't want them okay. to feel awkward and uncomfortable. Okay, but this also works for my clients. Keep in mind, my sellers are always the priority, but I've had people come into the open house that say, "Hey, I live next door, or I live down the, the street." And my family is moving to town or my children's best friends want to be in our community. I want to show them this information. And it's funny because they actually, I can always tell who the neighbors are because they walk into the house and they've got the letter that I've already sent them. They use it like a ticket, like a right of way. Like, hey, you invited me. And I I say, yes, I did invite you. (laughs) Because if you don't do that, Sometimes they're going to come anyways, but you're not going to know who they are and they feel uncomfortable and awkward about being there. And sometimes they give you a story or you don't really get the truth, right? They're the ones that walk into an open house and they're like, oh, hey, yeah, no, well, hmm, you know, I'm just checking it out. Yep. Yep. And you can tell that. So if you can just be open to, to begin with, well, hey, I invited you. That's great. And maybe they are just being nosy neighbors, but hey, that might get you a well, listing. You don't, you don't know what they're doing. They could be buying, selling. They could have a cousin or a nephew or a work colleague that's doing something and they're looking for a good real estate contact. So you're at the exactly. open, you're going out of your way to provide a really good open house experience, I guess. Well, completely. And I've had my listing sell because I've invited the neighbors. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. So it works. So in order to get new listings, you've got to work with the listings that you do have. You can start with a farm area. You know, I remember the first listing I ever got, I had to work my my butt off for it and I was literally going door to door for it. But then I just started to work that area in that community and I slowly started to get a few more in there. And when people start to see your name, you know, they need to see it at least three times, but it can't be three times in a year and a half. It has to be three times within a relatively short period. Yeah. So your next listing is from your previous one. That's also why when I'm marketing, say online or through Facebook and promoting listings, you can put it down to zip code. And yep. so I'm marketing that listing to that area. 
What about your when you're when you're spreading the word and your flyers or letters or whatever they're saying um, to let people know that you've got the first open coming up? How many do you circulate? Do you have a it standard depends. number? Yeah, it depends. It's anywhere from 100 to 150. Okay. I don't go incredibly crazy. I mean, yes, you could put that into the thousands, but I still want to keep it to that local area. Okay. Do you deliver okay. those yourself? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I have, and it's not a bad idea too. It's a great way to actually door knock and meet new people. Sometimes when you do end up getting a bit busier, you're running out of time to do certain things. So I do have an assistant that okay. is fantastic well, you, at, at you, getting those out. Yeah. If you're busy, um, you're outsourcing it, obviously. It, you're, you are outsourcing yeah. it. One yeah. of my favorite ways of outsourcing it is actually to my assistant's children or to okay. some of my friend's children's <laughs> because there's nothing cuter than, you know, the kids delivering these things. And there's so, nothing worse than finding them in the trash behind the drugstore. Oh, completely. And that's, but that's still going to happen. But if I can be at an open house and if I get 20 people through and they are bringing me my listing sheet back, because that's essentially what they're doing, yep. that's a success yep. because I've just made that many more contacts. And I always end up, always, always, always end up having conversation about the community, how well it's doing in comparison to the actual market how well it's doing compared to the city because these people are interested and you end up with their contact information because they feel comfortable with you. They're not even thinking of buying and selling right now in many cases, but then you've already got their contact information so that when they do, because everybody eventually does, you want to be top of mind. Yeah, perfect. Do you follow up with a just sold? Definitely. Okay. I sure do. Okay. Yes. And then I like to, I, I want to make sure that every time I have a listing that that immediate neighborhood looks and sees my name at least three times. Okay. Okay. Are you doing anything with text or SMS, which I know is huge in Australia um, because, I mean, who doesn't open a text message when I think the email open rate's under 20%, depending who you ask. But are you doing anything with text? I keep text generally for when people are already my clients. Okay. Um, I have started to use it a lot more instead of the emails. I find that it is a lot more effective. I know for myself, if you look at my rate of emails right now, I've got 20,000 emails that are unopened. Yep. I deal with it the same way. But if you look at the number of texts that are unopened, there's like three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but I will open them because everybody opens their text. So yep. there are a lot of technologies nowadays to help you format your text properly. Yep. And it's a great way of contact. Look at who your market area is. Look at who you are dealing with and talking to. You've got all of these millennials coming up. A text is a great way to quickly touch base. So it really depends what type of information you're sending them. You know, it's easy enough to send a link to a property in a text. It's easy enough to say, hey, this is what's going on. But you do want to keep it short and sweet. I find sometimes when yeah. I get these texts from others that are too long, that's a bit of a warning sign. And then you just want to start ignoring these people. Yeah. Well, you could send them straight out of your CRM. Does that have a tool that lets you do that? Yes, it does. Yeah, cool. Yes. Cool. Yep. Okay. Um, what else are you doing for prospecting? What else are you doing to attract listings? It sounds like it sounds like you're working your actual listings pretty hard. Uh, and there's a theory going around, and I think you'd probably support it that that says that if you do if you list something well and sell it well, you can expect another couple of listings in the next year or two. So it's probably a theory that you subscribe to. But what else are you doing? 
I definitely subscribe to that theory. I also think that you should be able to get more than that and within a shorter period of time. Okay, nice. Right? That is very important. Now, other ways of prospecting, here's the thing. I don't spend uh, any money on prospecting to the general public. It's either going to be based on my listings or my client base. Okay. So the majority of listings that I get, the buyers and sellers that I get are repeat clients and their friends and family. Gotcha. I get an email every day from somebody, a previous client saying, hey, my friend, my brother, my sister, I'm working with a couple of clients' parents right now, which is amazing to see and gives me all of the worms and fuzzies. Yeah. But they're passing my name. They're passing my name around and they're doing all of the prospecting for me. Now, I make sure that I keep in contact with all of these previous clients and I give them information that's good and helpful for them, but they're doing all of that prospecting for me. Nice. What about, take me back, what what would set like 10 years ago, what would the Sarah Johnson of 10 years ago, just starting out in real estate, but knowing what she, what, what she does now, how to, how to avoid those times, give me a couple of things that, that you do and do differently to, to, to grow your business faster. Oh, gosh, I think I would have done the entire first five years of my career differently, <laughs> to be quite frank. That might be another podcast episode. <laughs> that is a completely other episode all in and of itself. I think I just wasn't organized enough. And I tried to be, and I tried to be out there, but I also tried to be a realtor. Yeah. yeah. And there's a big difference in trying to be a realtor and then just being you, right? We're all different people. And I could go into the exact same listing presentation with one seller as another realtor does, and they might pick that other realtor, even though all of my information might have been better, but simply because they've got a feeling towards one person over another. And that's fine. That comes down to your authenticity. And you have to realize it's okay to lose out on clients because of this. But I think I would have tried less to be who I thought I should be instead of being who I actually am. And realizing that that works into business as well. We all think that we have to have this strict business side and this is all we are in business. And then, you know, we can be fun and laugh and enjoyable on our personal side. But the way that our business works, it's interchangeable and it's the same thing. And so I think I would have told myself, calm down and really just be yourself and work your natural positives, the things that are good about you. Work that instead of trying to be somebody else. We've just, we've just turned full circle in, in yeah. 31 and a half minutes of, of interview <laughs> back, to, back to your Insta account. One thing I want to close off on, because um, we started talking about this before we press record, and, and it's something that I, always, that I always circle back to. It's the power of, of a person's mindset. I know we touched on it a little bit, but um, just talk to me a little bit about that because – uh, I just see that as such a big influence in an industry like ours. Well, and it's funny you bring this up. I recently had a bit of a, a revelation. Now, every year at the beginning of the year, I come up kind of with a mantra. So what am I going to focus on this year? Right. And this particular year, 2017, 
Mine really is about mindset. If you change your mindset, you change your entire life. Now, I'm not talking about motivation because in my mind, motivation can be cheap because we always need more of it, right? I can be motivated by a great quote this morning, but that's not going to continue and carry me on through the day or the week or the rest of your year. Whereas if you change your mindset, those fundamental beliefs, you don't need as much of that motivation. When I do see a nice quote or something I like, it just sort of reaffirms what's already there. And so by changing your mindset, I think that was the only way that I was able to have a successful year last year. And it's the only way moving forward that I can do business. And yeah. it took a lot of work. It took a ton of work to, and I don't, you know, I'm honest about things. I'm not going to just be spewing out positivity all of the time, but mindset really is everything. And so change your mindset, you change your life. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Let's finish on a question that I like to ask all my 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 uh, my top agent guests. Uh, you, you're just starting out, and this can be this can be in in both camps, I guess. You're just starting out in real estate. You're in your first six months or year, or you've been in it for a while and you're in a bit of a slump. You're not where you want to be. Give us give us a couple of uh, a couple of words of Sarah Johnston wisdom. Give us a little bit of advice. What would you do if we, if if somebody came to you and sat down and, and bought your coffee in Calgary? It's, you're sitting down. They're saying, Sarah, I'm in a bit of a hole. What should I focus on? What would be your advice? Well, it's funny because that has happened and it does happen quite quite often. I bet. You need to focus on yourself and you need to focus on where you are right now and where you want to be. Now, I have people come up to me and when they say this, I say, you know what, go out and buy a notebook and every morning I want you to write out 25 times what your affirmation is. Okay. And I want you to do that for a minimum of three months. So your affirmation is is different than your mindset goal. It's, hey, I want to sell 50 properties this year. I want to make X amount of money. I'm happy when I'm doing this. And you know that feeling you get when you reach a goal? Yeah. That just that internal yeah. excitement. Yeah. Really I want you to feel like that exactly yeah. as you're writing it out. Now, I have had some people say, well, you know what? I'm just fooling myself. Well, yes, but we're all fooling ourselves to begin with. And that is where fake it till you make it came from. Yeah. Because yeah. you will start to believe that and you will start to see the change around yourself. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I think you're awesome. Uh, I know there's 11,600-odd followers on, uh, on Insta that think you're awesome too. Uh, I'd love to keep in touch. I want to thank you for your time, and uh, I look forward to talking to you shortly. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ray. Thanks, Sarah. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software, For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On Discount for Life link, and Ray's blog, head over to topagentsplaybook.com.